Hi friends, I'm Paige and I'm Abby and welcome to a Love Like This podcast. Hi friends, so I don't sound like a twin, but it's Ben here. If you don't know, I work on a lot of the behind the scenes stuff here at A Love Like This. Man, can you believe it's already been 10 weeks of Alt-T episodes? If you're an avid listener, you'll know that the twins and our guests have touched on some pretty incredible topics over the past nine weeks. Today, we wanted to bring you something a little bit special though. Recently, we went out and asked you all for questions and topics that you wanted to hear discussed so that we could bring you a little bit of a Q&A exclusive. We heard from people all over the country and from all walks of life. Today, we'll be talking about ways you can cope with stress and having a better work-life balance, as well as the importance of self-love and self-confidence. So if you've been here for the past nine weeks, welcome back. But if you're new and love this episode, please make sure to share it with your friends and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Let's jump into it. Alrighty guys, so I think we're gonna jump straight into this Q&A. As Paige mentioned last week, we took it to the streets, the digital streets, and we asked you guys for pretty much anything. We wanted to know if you had any questions about love, about faith, friendships, life, all these different topics. And we actually, we got some pretty incredible responses um, and some questions that we're gonna touch on today. But as always, we're joined with the twins. How you doing? That's good. Good, she's good. And we've got Mia, who typical is in a rush to get to her Bible studies, but. Hi guys, <laughs> thanks for having me on again. I know, right? I'm taking the lead, but I feel like I should be thanking you. You look like the host right now. I am the host. I'm the look hostess with the most. I kind of like it. Look I at didn't, he's singing like the bigger yeah. chair. I am the not book. the hostess with the most. All right, guys. So we're going to jump straight into it. I've got a couple of questions here. And again, we're going to touch on a bit of a range of topics, but hopefully you get something out of it. So the first question actually comes from someone who goes to my uni named Samuel. And he kind of wants to know how can you strike more of a, a work-life balance um, while still maintaining a strong connection with your faith. And he talks a bit about church, but that's a bit hard to do at the moment with COVID. But just kind of in general, like how can you have a work-life balance and still find time for faith? Um, and I actually had a similar question from a couple of other people, but it all kind of revolves around that. So I know, Mia, this one might be good for you considering you're such a busybody, but what do you think? I feel like this has always been a bit of a challenge for me. And to be honest, it's something that I'm still working on. And I know that um, it's something that, yeah, I've struggled with for a really long time. I mean, not really just work-life balance, but study-life balance, um, all of those things. So, yeah, it's something that I'm working really hard on. Um, <laughs> what? No, it's like just... Ah. <laughs> Sound of your tongue <laughs> slapping that <laughs> bottom part. <laughs> <laughs> the bottom part of your mouth, that. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the ASMR podcast <laughs> featuring... <laughs> As if... <laughs> I mean, I know I'm a theatre kid at heart, but like I'm not <laughs> trained in podcasts or voiceovers. No, but I do agree with you, Mia. I feel like work-life balance is one of those things that you're always working on. Like I feel like those people who, you know, those four-hour workweek gurus who are sitting in Bali on their laptops, like even they probably struggle with it to some extent. And I think that, and you girls especially, now that you've started your new job, you know, you're up in the earliest of the mornings in the whole, whole family, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying What's this, but this sounds stupid. But like, what I'm saying is like, like I'm up at like four thirty in the morning because like I like to have my quiet time before I do go to work. I don't know. I guess I'm just like built. I'm lucky. Like I don't ever suffer with the work balancing. I what? go to uni. I have two jobs, but I just like. Don't. Well, I think this is a really good way to answer the question. Is it's pretty much about priorities. You know, like you and Paige take time out of your morning every single morning because that's something that is close to your heart and that's something that you know you value your time on. And so, like, you don't have to get up at 4.30 to get to work. Like, what time? You've you got to be there at 7 or whatever it is. You know, you 
specifically allocate time in your morning so that you can spend time with God. And I think like for me, I like to put time aside to spend with my partner or to spend time with my friends on Friday nights or whatever it might be, you know, is, is even though we're, we're so incredibly busy, it's finding time to fit in those things that that you value, you know, and, and from that you inherently be like, you know, you get a better balance because it's focusing on the things that are making you happier in life, you know. I was just going to say, like, because I've been working really hard on this at the moment, um, at this this kind of season of my life, I think it's something that I probably speak to a little bit guys do in mind. And I just think, um, yeah, like what you were saying about priorities, I think that's kind of key to it all. Um, and I think once you have your priorities in order and you kind of figure out what you value most in life, everything else seems to kind of fall into place after that. So what I've been trying to do is like really just get a hold and get really clear on what are my prior priorities, what are my values in life, and then work my, my schedule around that. Um, it used to kind of be the opposite. I used to kind of put down everything that I have to do in the week first. And then, yeah, if I have a bit of leftover time to spend with God or to go to connect or Bible study or to um, spend with my friends or whatever, that would always come last, which is really unfortunate because they're the things that I value most in life. So shouldn't they be the first things on my calendar? They should be the things that I prioritize well i think that's like like especially just talking to you like the thing that you're coming to learn is just through trial and error you know like you try all these different things and you commit to all these other things and then you decide no you know what there's something more productive or there's something more valuable i could be spending my time on like tonight you're going to connect just to talk about faith and to meet with people you know like you don't have to do that but you've found that over you know the last couple of years that that's something that you want to be spending your time on, even though it'll probably go till 10, 11 o'clock tonight and you might be more tired tomorrow, whatever it might be, you know. So like by the book, that might not seem like a balance because, you know, you might be lacking sleep or whatever it is, but you're doing something that's more valuable to you and it's something that's going to make your life happier. I was just going to say um, with what both Abby and I have studied at university last trimester, we studied a subject called self-care and it was literally just about how to take care of yourself and one of the things was like, a part of self-care isn't just going out and buying skincare and taking hot baths. Like that's a part of it, like that's good for you, but it's also like reaching out like what Mia does, like goes to connect, connect with people, build community, or Ben, developing a hobby or photography or whatever that may be. It's like switching off, like, okay, I'm shutting off my laptop, I'm not working after this. And then it's putting forth like those things that are really gonna benefit you in the long run. I think that praying about your priorities and just asking God to show you where he really wants you to be spending your time is something that um, can be really helpful. Uh, something that I never really thought to pray about, but when you ask God to come into your life and actually highlight to you what you, where you need to be spending your time and maybe where you shouldn't be spending your time, you just get so much more clarity on things. Um, and I think that's really helpful and really important. I know, right? I do think though, there are some practical things as well that you kind of have to implement to not so much as organize your life, but ensure that you don't kind of get off track if you're trying to build more of a balance. Like me and Mira are kind of big calendar junkies. Like we use our calendars pretty religiously, but it helps you segment. Oh, do you have a nice calendar? Yeah, it's like I use Apple okay. Calendar. I'm not a Google guy. But you guys got me hooked on Google Calendar. No, I yeah. not, can't do it. You no. should see. It's like beautiful. Yeah, but like the biggest thing is like, so I can look at my calendar at the start of the week or any time and just like, again, this sounds so so cliche, but the colors of my calendar pretty much indicate mentally what type of day or what type of week I'm going to have. So if I'm seeing way too much yellow, it's like, okay, I'm going to be spending a lot of time at uni this week. How is that going to affect my scheduling? And how is that going to affect even just like my energy levels, you know, like, 
I can't, or I find it very difficult to work, you know, at Keyman and then go to uni afterwards and not feel pretty much wrecked when I get home. So I'm like, I'm not going to have the capacity to edit this podcast or to, you know, read before bed or whatever it is. So at least I'm like mentally preparing for it, you know, and I think that that helps me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, 100%. And I don't know why I just like, I don't know. I think I'm just wired like this. I can't. And I know there's so many people out there. Like when I look at me or Ben, like they're working like five days a week, like nine to five. Ben's got uni, podcastings, like your business. <laughs> he does so much. He's always the Starbucks. But like, <laughs> that doesn't help my case. <laughs> what? No, but yeah, he's not Starbucks, Starbucks chilling. He's a Starbucks hey, working. He's a Starbucks working. No, but three hours of work anywhere else at Starbucks is an hour. Hey, would you know why? I preach this to Mia all the time. Novelty. Novelty. So I was listening to a Matt Diavella uh, podcast interview, like a, a video episode, and it was all about the flow state. And obviously, like, you guys know what the flow state is, right? It's like when you're so, like, involved and so, I guess, committed to your work in that moment, that time seems to not pass. Mm-hmm. Like, it, or it happens so quickly. So, like, mm-hmm. you'll be doing an assignment or you'll be working on a project and you're I so into it and you're so, like, I don't want to say dedicated because it's not so much that. It's like you're so involved that your brain actually begins to focus more on that task and it starts to slow down other areas of your thinking. And so that's why it stops like paying attention to external sounds or, you know, time, just the way it's passing. And, um, and that little spark of novelty invokes more flow or it, it lets it happen more efficiently, you know, like it starts easier. But I think there were some really good bits in there. I think we'll move on because there's so many in here. But um, yeah, we got a couple that were kind of linking to a work-life balance. Some were a bit more specific to like year 12, which I think actually kind of works a little bit more in your favor. Best year of my it's life. so funny. I feel like you literally go through high school like year seven and especially having two older brother, like an older brother and an older sister gone through like year 12. Oh my gosh, I was so scared of like the HSE. Yeah, seeing me and Ben go through year 12, I was so scared of it being like such a big bad and like the HSE was the scariest thing and you had to have like a bunch of different textbooks on your desk and you had to have your set ATAR and you had to study, study, study. And if I'm being real with everyone, I didn't study in year 12. Like I didn't <laughs> study. I know that's bad, but honestly, I'd, and that's a lie, I did do some study like the night before my exams or whatever. But you just weren't pedantic about it. Like people make you like, think. I really yeah, didn't like, stress myself out. It definitely out. like from a pattern, like Mia was like burning herself out with study. Ben was like a little bit easier on himself, like you cruise through it. And then Paige and I were just like on cruise control like the entire year. Yeah. But the thing that a really stressful time in my life was actually this time last year was when trials were beginning. And I sat with Paige and we were just talking like about we had drama at the time. So we had three major works and it was really, really stressful. Three. And I said to Paige, I was like, you know, I feel like there's two routes we can go. We can go like really stressful and like stress about it and then it not work out for good for anyone if I'm stressed out then I'm not going to enjoy my year or I'm not going to enjoy doing the work or we can have the attitude to just love it. And what that did was it actually like, oh my God, it was the best time of my life, like mid trials, the most stressful time of my life. It was, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I made the most out of like rehearsing our drama performances or like studying, like I generally like book study sessions with like my favorite. I was going to say that actually HSE is something that God used in my life to bring me closer to him. And I, realize it now only in hindsight, but I remember being so stressed out during HSE that it actually um, was something that I can clearly clearly look back on and see that God actually like allowed me to get to that point of being so stressed out so that he could bring me closer to him. Because I remember being so stressed about the exams and everything um, that I just ended up being like, oh my gosh, I don't know what more I can do. So I remember literally um, YouTube searching like... um, 
Dermans about um, stress and anxiety about yeah. exams. So it was something like really random like that. And then that's when I came across Joel Sorry. Osteen, which was really the first kind of Christian preacher that I had ever listened to. And that sermon was actually the one called Let Go, Let God, yeah. which is like pretty much um, kind of like forms a big part of my Yeah, I think it's like founded your faith pretty much. Yeah, I think there is, sorry, just one last thing on study that I, I just thought of is like there's only so much you can do and really all God wants you to do is your best. Yeah. So just do your personal best. Well, it's like it's kind of interesting though because it's like I also feel like bringing it kind of back to the question about having like a balance is, it's, again, it's about your perception of like the energy that you want to put into Well, that's what changed the game for me, 100%. I went into the HSE being like, just take the wheel. Like I've done, I've literally, I did my study. I did what I could and I've done my best. I'm just like. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it's like, even then, like, even if you were someone like Mia who wanted to work incredibly, incredibly hard and and strive for this goal, you know, if you attach attitudes of, I guess, more self-fulfillment or this is bringing added value to my life as opposed to I just have to work super duper hard then it's going to change what it feels like when you accomplish that goal or it, it changes the, the way that you progress towards that goal. And again, like it helps you have more of a balance when you're doing things that you love, even though it might not seem that traditional. You know what I mean? Like it might seem like, oh, I'm just studying. But if you make yourself love to study yeah. or you teach yourself that, then it's going to help it's you in the long run. How good is that? Because I think that ties in pretty well to this next question that comes from Dale. But he basically wants to know, like, what do you do when something happens in life that makes you question your faith or there's all these kind of externalities that make you, I guess, reevaluate what you believe in or what the people around you kind of believe in? I know, like, what my kind of coping mechanism is when, so when something causes me to question my faith, my, what I do is I let go and let God. It's so simple, but no matter what the situation is, if you know deep down in your heart that, God loves you and God is good and God's going to bring... Going back to the truth of who God is. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put your faith and your trust in him and you just like wholeheartedly believe that he's going to work everything out for good. Mm-hmm. Um, then the 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 need to like question his goodness um, becomes a bit irrelevant because you know yeah, that. Mm-hmm. That's, what, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say is that... <clears throat> and I think we can all say that like I've had times in my life where my faith has been questioned so many times. And I think for me, at the end of the day, I always kind of need to like take a minute and I always go back to him and soak myself in his presence because I know that at the end of the day, like when I'm questioning him or when I question my faith, I always go back to the character, like knowing that he is a loving God and knowing that my faith is my everything. Like how can I possibly question his or what he's doing in my life? Because I get that, but I also think like, what about for someone who isn't so sure in their faith and things start to come in and doubt them? Like that's very easy for us to say because... You know, we've been born and raised Christians, like we understand God's love. But what about for someone who like, kind of gets it, has faith, but then they start to hear these other beliefs of other people and, oh, that actually sounds quite appealing as well. And so to me, I think that, and this, again, is going to lead into another question, like it's about formulating your own faith and, and knowing in like your heart that what you believe in is true for you. So whether that is like what we call God, whether it's what other people call, you know, whatever they want to, if something seems like it's questioning you then you just have to evaluate in yourself like is this aligning with my morals and aligning with my goals and aligning with what I want to believe you know that's funny that you say that why is that (laughs) well because I'm just thinking about like it's so funny because like when I think about my journey and like as a part of my testimony like going for example when I first heard like the first ever sermon it was all about how like I must decrease and God must increase right 
Mm. And it's like I responded to that and then that thought sat in me and then that was like this is my truth and then Mm. I just went all in on God. Like that Mm. was my pursuit in life. Okay, girls, I have a question for you. Just like throwing this one out there. Mm. Free to cut this out. But (laughs) if someone who was maybe on the fence about Christianity or they had some faith but they weren't really like super strong and grounded in their faith – and some things started happening in their life that maybe could tempt them to be led off off track or off course or kind of um, maybe like make them want to leave their faith behind. What encouraging words would you t- tell them to make sure that they are able to stay really like rooted in their faith and go closer to God as opposed to further away from well, him? No, it's, I think what you're trying to like ask them Mia, is like, how can you be confident in yourself and your beliefs that you stay true to them? Yeah. Like well, I get what you're saying, Ben, because there's a lot of people, right, who have experience in life and they're on the fence, right? They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't really know if I want to go on, on this whole God thing. Like, mm-hmm. what even really is it? Do I even know what it is? Like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to believe these people around me and stuff like that? It's mm-hmm. a hard question. And I've there's been people around me who's asked that question. Well, too, like, it comes back to what we were just saying at the start, though. Like, try not to base your judgments on faith and relationships with God and, and all these really big questions about life on what other people think. Take inspiration from them, but then find the truth in yourself. And like, I, I hope that you find, you know, something that you can believe in and something that brings you so much like bless and love, like as God does. But like, if you can never reach that point for me, that's fine. I know like there are people out there that disagree and ultimately for us, that's what we want you to accomplish and experience. But I would rather you be true to yourself and your beliefs than have it changed by someone else, you know, under the idea that that's probably what you should do because that's what most people are doing or this is what someone who's more powerful than me is saying I should do. It's hard. Know? It's hard because like, say, for example, if you've had a wild experience with God and your life has completely changed, like it's, it's, it, that view is kind of tricky as well because mm-hmm. it's like, say I'm in a room with a bunch of teenagers who I know who are like from me, 17, nine, who I know what they're living through right now. And mm-hmm. I have a testament that I can testify about what God's done in my life and be able to speak life into them. It's so hard to have that view because mm-hmm. it's like, I know what God can do, you know? But then it also kind of flows on from the teaching that God has a path for you and he has a plan for you, you know? And so as a part of that plan, it might be that you start to question your faith and that's how you're going to grow stronger in it. But one of the, you know, one of the promises in life is that we are promised heartache. We are promised troubles, right? But another thing that we are promised and the good news is, is that there is a God who wants to take us through it, no matter what the storms are. Like he wants to be the one to take us through it. And you know, even if you do have a relationship with God, if you don't, find comfort in knowing that there is something higher than you that is sitting above this world and above your troubles. So, yeah, I don't know. I would just say, like, keep yourself rooted and planted in what you believe and what brings you joy and what brings mm-hmm. you closer to having faith in something higher than you. For me, it is having my relationship with Jesus. And keep yourself rooted and planted in that because when questions do come and when troubles do come, you can be sure in knowing that you are rooted and planted in, you know, in that. And then I also think like, again, answering the question that Mia just asked, it's kind of crazy when you think about it because we're made, okay, we're made in the image of God, but we're made with this desire to know more. Like every single human on this planet is built with that desire to know more. So I think if you're on the fence recognizing that, hey, I actually have this desire to want to know more. Hey, that's pretty cool. Like that's a good, Okay, well, quick one off the cuff. Question six that we've got here. I can't remember who it came from. I'm so sorry. I think it was you, James. But where can I go to learn more about faith? I 
Okay, my head just went straight to practical things. YouTube's a great place, man. Yes, like, man. The amount of time I spend on YouTube. I'm not even joking. Like YouTube, if you type in, "Hey, I'm I want to know more about faith," there will be so many mm. preacher people who are so in love with God, who know how to speak truth in life, and who's literally their calling is to speak life into other people. Like, go to that. Mm. No, seriously. Like, it's so, it's so sick. Then I was literally like, I had nothing to do this morning. I had like a free period. And I was like, I'm going to go on YouTube. And I found the best sermon ever. And I was like, this is kind of life-changing right now. It's like, I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> crazy access. I, I don't know. I think it's bad sometimes that most of the time I get my motivation to like, to like um, have my quiet time or to like question or start even more deeply about my faith is that I do go to YouTube. <laughs> I think that's yeah, bad sometimes. No, but say if you don't that's know, right, if you right. have no idea about, you know, this whole faith thing, it's like, YouTube, it's a really good place yeah, to go. I know, to. I know. And the other thing, yeah. the other thing too is just talking to people. Yeah. You know, yeah, like the fact really that you're listening to this podcast right now is a testament to, you know, your journey in faith and your coming to understand it, you know. And the other thing, guys, is if you're someone who I guess has understood faith or is raised in a household that kind of has faith, and I'm speaking, I guess, on part of my dad, is the Message Bible. So pretty much the Message Bible is, and I know there are Christians like who don't necessarily agree with the Message version, which I 100% like understand where they're coming from because it's not, you know, you know, traditional God's word, like the King James version or like the NLT or even the ESV English standard. In not in, in layman's terms, the very old traditional style. The very old style traditional style of Bible. Bible yes, yeah, sorry. Then there's also like the Christian version and the Christian standard wait, wait, version. So the message version is written in in modern text, like modern language that is so simple to understand. And the reason why I bring up the message Bible, guys, is I'm, again, I'm speaking on part of my dad, but I think it kind of changed the way that he perceived his faith and how he started because it's hard. So it's like it's like I want to know God's word and I want to learn more about mm-hmm. Him, but I cannot get into this book. Mm-hmm. And it's like this message. Like the minute I open this, I was just like whoosh. Like well, you hit up the Old Testament and it's like hot diggity damn. What? I know. It's what? what? Moses? What? Who's this Abraham dude? I thought this was going to be about Santa. What? But when you read the message, I can literally vow to the fact that like. Now I know who Abraham is. The, so the writer, of the guy who rewrote the message is, he was a pastor. The message is rewritten in such a simple way to understand the stories of the Bible because at the end of the day, like the story is broken up into like the New Testament and the Old Testament. Um, but it's written in a way that is so simple to the fact that like I can actually come, you know, in a, I love the gospel so much because I actually can read stories about Jesus and completely understand them. And that gives me more revelation and and makes me feel close to God when I do read the stories. So that's basically what the message is. It's just simple, and it's written really like in modern day text that we all can we can understand. If if that's something that you're interested, I remember in one of the Alpha courses we did, and they were talking about the traditional Bible and everything like that. And one of the things that it talked about was how every modern moral teaching, so anything that you ever hear in self help books and self guidance in life coaches, all these different things, nothing overrides the teachings that are in the Bible. Like there's a reason why every single chapter in the Bible seems applicable and it's because it forms the foundations for pretty much all modern teachings of morality and and ethics and all these different things. And so if you're someone who kind of has a bit of faith and wants to know that and wants to embed it more in their faith, pick up a message Bible. Um, Like again, I know some people disagree because it does kind of change translations, but if you're into that type of thing, it's pretty much reading a self-help book, but you know it's like, Truth. It's, it's actually. It's not made up by somebody yeah, just thinking on the spot. It's say, from it's, God. It's not like it's actual like truth. And like I remember the first time I read it, like it literally was like holy. Like I just read it and I literally it was just like, like I couldn't like my 
Ooh. I could. I was up at four o'clock in the morning when I was in year twelve, waking up wanting to read this because I couldn't get out of it. And I don't. I don't read it like a book, like for beginning page to the end. I always like to flip through and see how God wants to speak to me. But yeah. Next question, guys, because we do have to get through a couple of these. But this one comes from Jordan, and she wants to learn a little bit more. Have or do you guys have any advice on self confidence and self love? I wish my mum was here to answer this because she's top notch at it. But you guys are big on this. With in terms of self confidence, it's an amazing thing that when I I did a preach last year about finding your identity in Christ, and it's so crazy that when you recognize it's not who you are, it's whose you are, and it's like my full identity is found in God, and it's like having the confidence that hey, if I'm enough for the Creator of the universe, then like I am enough, kind of thing. You can literally walk out of your house knowing that. Well, it comes back to what we were saying before about faith, like being true to yourself. Like stop looking at all these other people in the world. Stop looking at what might be perceived as Be better. the minority. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not even so much about being the minority. It's about trying to put yourself in a position where you inspire people. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to be the... like, yeah. And you don't have to be an extrovert for this or you don't have to be an influencer or you don't have to be all these things, but you want to be someone who's admirable to others. Well, that's the truth that, you know, the you know in the Bible, it talks about like, I mean, I think Jesus says this. I don't even quote me on that, but it's like, you're like you're here to bring out the salt seasoning. Like you're here to be a light. You don't want to hide that light. If you were the only person in a dark room with a torch, there's no way you would put that in your pocket. You would pull out that flashlight immediately. Something just came to me about self-confidence. I think um, as you kind of grow in your faith and as you learn more about the character of Jesus and the more you strive to become like him the more confident you get because I remember I like I kind of struggle with confidence sometimes but I know that every single time um that I'm acting out of a place of um you know like would would Jesus be proud to see me acting like this or would he not be proud then I feel so much more confident because I'm like okay I know that this is coming from like a kind place it's coming from a loving trustworthy friendly place then that's really all the confidence you need because no one's ever going to turn you away for being a nice, kind person. I know for me that like when I when I know Jesus more, I want to be more like Him. And I've been really reflecting on this idea that I don't want to live in small ways anymore. I want to live in big ways. And that's not me coming out of like an egotistical, like loudmouth way. Like I want to be humble in any way that I can. But in terms of like, I want to love hard. Like I want to love in big ways. I want to be a bigger person. I want to be, be kinder in bigger ways you know what I mean so coming from that place if anything I feel so confident when I'm just growing in love yeah. like 100% I have to say like in terms of self-love it's so crazy because it's like I feel like in this generation there's so much like self-pity and negativity and anxiety and depression and mental health oh can I just say something quickly about self-love this is something that um I feel like I learned from Paigey so I remember for like the longest time, I was like, God, like, why did you make me have such a potato face? Like, why are my teeth so small, my gums so big and my nose so weird? Like all of these things like that was just That's so really negative. Cool yeah, no, I know like every single girl and guy like has some questions about that. Like we all do. It's just part of our human nature, I think. But um, Paigey told me um, like God made you the way that you are for for you to reach the purpose that he gave you. Um, and like, if he made you any different, like if he made you with a different skin color, different mm. hair color, eye color, whatever. Um, like you think about, okay, you think about this for a second. For an example, like you look at Moses, he had a speech impediment and he was like, God, I'm not going to speak to these people. I can't lead these people. And God's like, yes, you will. And he did, you know what I mean? And so it's like those flaws that you think of flaws are actually like, 
purposeful. What we're all trying to say is that in order to achieve self-confidence or to grow in your self-love, is it isn't about you anymore. It's about other people. And it's like if you can, I guess, fulfill or I guess if you can act in a way that makes the lives of other people better as opposed to constantly looking inward, then you're inherently going to change the way that you perceive yourself. So this one, this sounds so terrible, but it's kind of catered towards Mia. And again, it does, it stems from self-love, but it's basically about how being single as a Christian and like experiencing all these kind of pressures from other people to like find a partner. And this question is actually from Mani, pronounced money, I think. Um, sorry if I got that wrong, but he told me it sounds like money. So I'm going to say money, money. Um, but he kind of just wants to know, like, what are your thoughts on conforming to expectations of religions? And he kind of provided the example of sex before marriage um, and kind of like you're told to do all these things and to conform to all these rules. But how do you find truth and how do you find confidence in what you want to believe? I think for me is if you're in a place where like you're thinking like you have the thoughts of conforming to the religious expectations, like you use the example of sex before marriage. I think that in your own heart and in, you know, in who you are, like you need to form your own convictions and knowing what it is that you want to do and knowing like in your heart, like what it is that, you know, you are kind of. No, I get Maddie Pruitt Pruitt said that thing. And this girl who was on like The Bachelor in America, she's literally said she came out saying like, I just, I went along like a lot of my life just saying that, oh yeah, I'm just going to wait to marriage. But it wasn't until she had her own conviction of to be like, no, I actually want to wait. And there's a whole story behind it. Um, But I think with like the being a single as a Christian, there's a lot of like, I guess people have their own ideas, whatever about, is there the one and all this stuff like that. I'm a full believer in that there is the one out there and that God has him or her written um, in heaven for you and he'll find a way to bring you two together. But that's a whole other thing. Um. I think, yeah, but I think the question's like less catered towards like finding a relationship and it's more about like, okay, well, yeah, like how do I deal with all these people and all these things like telling me to be and act in a certain way, you know, and I think it comes back down to like life isn't black and white, you know, like single or taken, like it doesn't matter. There's so much more to life and there's so much more to faith than just rules or guidelines or expectations, you know? Yeah. I have a lot to say about this one, actually, but I'll keep it as short and sweet as possible. Um, I think that God gives people, um, you know, like that one special relationship in their life at different times of different people's lives. And God, I really, really believe that, um, you know, God has that set in stone. And if it's when he wants it to happen, it'll happen in his own time. But I also think that God wants us to use our season of singleness for good. And I mean... I, I know that I've dealt with this pressure before, you know, like when you get to a certain age, people are always like, oh, are you single? Are you, uh, do you have a partner? Are you married? Thing, yeah, things like that. People say it all the time. And um, I think the thing that's helped me the most in my singleness is like, I don't feel sorry for myself because I'm single. My singleness is I mean, it's not a choice necessarily because if a great person came along, I would be totally open to it. Of course I would. But I just don't want to waste this season because it's like this is a time of my life where I have no um, like I have no pressures from really anyone. Um, And it's like really the only time of my life that my sole focus can be um, on God. And I know there's so many great words in, I think I'm pretty sure it's Proverbs about this, Um, but it's like when you're single, your focus can be on God and growing in your relationship and just like running towards him. Whereas when you're in a relationship or you're married or something like that, you kind of have to split 
your focus and split your time. You won't love someone fully if you don't love God fully and first. And I feel like that's why we need to use our time when we're single to grow in our relationship with God so that when God does bring that right person across our path, we'll be ready to love them because we already love God and vice versa, because it's not fair on you to have someone who doesn't love God first and foremost. Exactly. Like, don't think that just because this is what happiness looks like or this is what people think is the best way Couple to goals. live your life. You know, yeah, exactly. Couple goals, like all this, like, stupid, <laughs> excuse the language, but all this stupid shit that, like, you see on Instagram and, like, mm-hmm. see in the world. Like, even, like, looking at a couple walking at the shops holding hands, oh, you look so happy. Like, I can guarantee you yeah. that they're probably not all that they're made out to be. Mm-hmm. Like, you really just have to think that. Every stage of life is a different stage and it has challenges and it has things that you have to work towards. But like, I know like there was a lot in there guys, but like, again, I feel bad. We have to get through these so quickly. So I don't actually think we're going to answer the, this question kind of fully in depth because I think the twins want a, a whole episode dedicated to this, but this comes from Thomas and he wants us to help people who may not be involved in religion or faith come to understand this whole idea of Jesus dying on the cross and salvation and if that is not a loaded question, then I don't know what is. So I, th- I wanted to mention it quickly because I do think there's going to be a full episode coming on it. So I think we'll we'll leave it for now, but I definitely want you girls to come back to it because it's something that I'm more interested in as well. And if you guys are as, as well, please let us know because like I think that that could be like a three-hour episode for you guys. But apart from that, the final question comes from Lauren. And we've touched on this a couple of times, but just to kind of, I guess, wind everything up is, is it okay to accept parts of faith Um, or religions whilst rejecting others. And I think it's less about rejecting others and it's more about finding your own faith and your own beliefs. What do you reckon? I can give a bit of a practical example about this. So, um, yeah, Lauren asked, is it okay to accept parts of faith or religion whilst rejecting others? So for us, anyway, we grew up as Catholics and we had so many great experiences in the Catholic Church. And I think that's something that I really took away from that was how to be prayerful and how to really devote yourself to um, a time of prayer. And whilst that is something really good that I accepted about um, my experiences in that um, that religion or that belief system, that denomination or whatever, there's still some other things that I reject. So I feel like, um, you know, you can learn so much by experiencing other um, religions or like interacting with them. And I feel as though you can actually grow in your faith with God by learning about other religions and things like that. The way I like to kind of explain this is it's not so much about cherry picking. Like it's not, oh, this part of faith works for my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This part works for me. Oh, God's going to forgive me if I do this. It's not about finding the bits of faith that work for your life. It's about finding the areas of faith that make you a better person and make you closer to God or make you closer to what you believe in. So I think, again, it just comes back to like open-mindedness, but then also having that individual idea as to what faith is. Because like Abby always says and what Paige always says is it's just about relationship. Nothing else matters. Some dude who started a church a couple of thousand years ago knows no better about faith than you probably do. Yeah, it's 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 funny because this was a, a thing that when I – first became a Christian that I contemplated a lot I was like but what about the other religions like you know what I mean and I think from my truth I just always go back to Jesus and he said I'm the way I'm the truth and I'm the light nobody comes to the father but through me and so I feel like knowing Jesus just like that's what it's Mm -hmm. about having a relationship with him my overarching view on it all is 
not something that you can achieve. It's only mm. something that you can receive and it's nothing yeah. that I can do for God. It's what he's done for me and what he can do for me. And I, it's not like he's way up in the sky and I'm all the way down here. He's like in the midst like, and mm. he can come into your heart. Like, okay, we're a Christian and there's things inside Christianity yeah, yeah, that yeah. you accept and things that you reject. Oh, yeah. So I, I can think, think of has, some examples. I, I think like for me, there's, there's, so, like, there's so many things because again, we're all human. Um, and I think that, it's 100% okay to like, I actually don't really believe what that person it just said. So it okay. is so okay. Why do you think a lot of, you know, churches and stuff, like I know like church plant stuff, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go to that church because I actually don't really like how what their message, I don't like what they're preaching. I'm just not in on their yeah. theology like, there are kind things, of thing. Like I say I'm a Christian, but there are definitely things in some, you know, in some Christian churches or some Christian like belief systems that I don't, I don't believe, you know what I mean? And I think, again, what Ben was saying is it comes down to what you individually believe, like whatever brings you closer to God, whatever allows God to come closer to you. That's what matters. And, God also doesn't want you to conform to all these rules and the things. He wants you to follow, you know, the path that's been laid for you. And if, yeah, eagerly. I know if you haven't seen the, the Shack with Sam Worthy Faith in a more practical and realistic way, that's a, a brilliant movie. It's very saddening at the start, but it, it yeah. it's very wholesome. At the end. Yeah, no, it's a great movie. And I think that um, one of the lines that, like, well, the representation of Jesus in the movie says, like, oh, this whole faith thing, I just want friends. And mm -hmm. it's like, that's really all it's about. It's like you and him doing life together. He's like, yeah. bestie. Go on a, I was about to say, go on a date with Jesus. Can I, can I just add just one little last thing yeah. to this accepting path whilst rejecting others? Don't forget to pray about it. Like, if there's something that you you feel kind of um, a bit uncertain about or you're not sure, should I believe that? Should I get on board? Is what they're telling me at church really true? I would pray about it so that, like you said before, Abby, you can have your own conviction about it. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's um, whatever the thing is that you feel not 100% sure about and you may, you know, want to reject it, yeah. pray directly to God. Don't go to people in... People around you, go straight to God and ask Him, God, what do you want me to think about this? How do you want me to feel about it? And He'll tell you. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your podcast. I love talking about these things with you guys, but I got to head off. Got to go. You got to connect. Thanks, twins, for letting me take a little bit of the lead. I think we touched on some some pretty awesome things, but I hope you guys got something out of it. Twinnies will be back heading it up next week. No, it's, it's not like, your testimonial it next week. Yes, it is. No, it's yes, Lara. It is. No, 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 no. We're recording with Lara this Saturday, but next week's our birthday, so we're like, let's release that testimonial. Well, you heard it, guys. Next week is the Twinnies testimonial. You're not going to want to miss it. Testimonial? Why do you testimonial? Testimonial. It's a testimonial. That's like testimony. That's like that sounds like a court case. Well, like I study business. Okay, well, he's a businessman. It's our story. We'll be sharing our story. See, you guys, faith stems from all different walks of life. It yeah. does. <laughs> High five to that. Amen. Put it there, kitties. Thanks, guys. That was kitties. fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was so awkward. <laughs> okay, love you guys. Peace out. Right, bye. So guys, again, I just wanted to apologize to anyone who didn't have their question answered. We honestly had so many and I tried to find ways to kind of bundle them in so we could capture as many as we could and, and cover as many topics as possible. But please uh, accept the sincerest apology if we didn't get to it. I'm sure there'll be another episode coming up and I'll make sure um, if I haven't told you already that we'll be covering it in future episodes in more detail. But thank you guys so much. Have an amazing week and I'll catch you next week.